be here this morning. Uh, thank you for the opportunity to preach His Word. I think we was talking about this morning. I tell you, it, it, it's a it's a unique thing to stand here. I mean, it, this it's it's humbling in the fact that this is this is this is God's house, but <laughs> right here, this is God's place, and it's buzz. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know we ain't supposed to worship people. Well, I'm not. I'm not worshiping, but I sure respect it. So, uh, let's let's remember Vivian uh, this morning. God will uh, heal her. Help her feel better because I know she ha- she hates missing this. She does, and uh, she wants to be here. So let's remember that. Remember those the other ones that can't be here. But uh, <clears throat> boy, they're talking that that song this morning. That was good. And uh, we're in a time where time is running out. Uh, we was mentioning this morning Sunday school. It's kind of got a hand in what we're talking about this morning. Time. People uh, believe in a God. They believe there's a God. And they believe, a lot of them they believe he's coming back. They just don't think he's coming back today. They don't believe he's coming back today. And I tell you that is a deceiving tool of Satan's. Because when we have the mindset he ain't coming today, you don't think he's coming tomorrow. If he ain't coming tomorrow. He ain't coming next week. It, it, it's pushing that thing a little further out, a little further out. Uh, all this stuff going on this week, I tell you, them people in uh, Turkey, they sure thought they had more time. Uh, yeah. Well, that you said that that area where that earthquake was, guess guess what's there? Seven and seven churches in Revelation. And then that fault line runs right down in, in the heart of Israel, right there where Christ is going to stand. That mountain's going to split wide open. Right. Yeah. Now you think, well, that's okay. <laughs> you just wait. <laughs> you just wait. This thing's wrapping up. I, we were talking about them, them Chinese balloons coming over. Listen, y'all may not agree. Right? That's fine. I, I get it. But I was joking about them things dropping the COVID virus on everybody. If we come back to the mountains, everybody's sick. I started worrying about that. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was kind of joking, you know. Then uh, Wednesday, that general from NORAD, did you hear what he called that thing? Under that 200-foot balloon, the delivery system. That's what he said. As soon as he said that, I was like, wait a minute, what? That ain't a collective device. What does the word delivery mean to you? Hmm. Things that make I know it's an 80s song, but things that make you go, hmm. <laughs> That's what it was. All right, this morning, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about time, but uh, the title of this is Slippery Slopes. Slippery Slopes. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 32. Uh, this may be a familiar passage with some of you. Maybe not to others, but that's all right. We're going to talk about it this morning. Let me get wired up and geared up here. Thought I already had. Deuteronomy 32. Uh, Bo, put your shoes back on after you count that high. 32. Deuteronomy 32. And our, uh, we're going to read verses uh, 26 down through 35. There we go. That's better. 
And this is, this is some instruction. Uh, listen, this, this is just kind of give you an idea. Now, the, the, the chapter before this, Moses has been telling them, hey, I'm getting ready to die. You, you've been leaning on me for your spiritual guidance. And they have. I mean, everything Israel's been through, Moses has pretty much prayed them out of. Uh, the golden calf, uh, the murmuring there at Mamre and, and, and facing the Red Sea and that Egyptian army behind them. Uh, everywhere you look, Israel panics. They panicked at every turn. And it was Moses acting as the interceder, a picture of Jesus Christ, because we're just like Israel, aren't we? I know some of you sitting out there today, you can't get that Chinese blue knot your head already. There's stuff out in this world that will make you wonder. It will make you worry. But the Bible tells we ain't, we're not to worry about that stuff. Look at where we're going to end up. Look at the end result. We won't have to deal with this stuff no more. Amen? But here, at the end of Deuteronomy, Moses telling them, you've been relying on me, but I'm going to tell you, I'm getting ready to go. I'm out of here. I'm dying. And then in verse 29 of chapter 31, Moses has this great and wonderful, eloquent, lift them up speech for him. He says, therefore, I know that after my death, ye will utterly corrupt yourselves. You're going to flush yourselves down the toilet. what he's telling <laughs> And turn aside from the way which I have commanded you, and evil will befall you in the latter days. Because ye will do evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger through the work of your hands. Boy, that's some encouraging words from Moses there, ain't it? He said, you're going to stand there after I'm gone, I'm going to tell you how it's going to be. When I'm gone and you're left to yourself, you're going to flush your life down the toilet. And not only are you going to do that, but you're going to do it right in the face of God. Right in the face of God. And so here God's talking back and it's basically this is a song of Moses that he's singing here. And listen, all these songs ain't good songs like cheerful songs that we sing. Sometimes they got a clear message in them. And that, that's where we're at here. In verse 26 it says uh, 32, Deuteronomy 32, 26. I said I would scatter them into corners. I would make the remembrance of them to cease from among men. Were it not that I feared the wrath of the enemy lest their adversaries should behave themselves strangely Unless they should say, our hand is high and the Lord hath not done all this. And notice these next two verses here. For they, Israel, they are a nation void of counsel. Neither is there any understanding in them. Oh, that they were wise. That they understood this. That they would consider, here's that phrase again, their latter end. You know what that phrase latter end means? That means things could have been different. <coughs> things should have been different. That's a latter end. That's a different end than what God had planned for. But they're trudging on. Look what he said. Oh, that they were wise. Hey, they ought to have been able. He's not saying they are all geniuses. He's saying you should have been smart enough to figure this out on your own. You got enough Bible in you. You know right and wrong. And then he says that they would consider their latter end. They ain't even thinking about it. They know better, but they just don't care. Just don't care. 
How should one chase a thousand and two put ten thousand to flight except their rock, notice that rock is capitalized, that their rock had sold them and the Lord had shut them up. For their rock is not as our rock, even our enemies themselves being judges. For their vine is of the vine of Sodom and of the fields of Gomorrah. Their grapes are grapes of gall. Their clusters are bitter. You ever got one of hold one of them blackberries? It looked right. And you put that thing in your mouth, your tongue went backwards and your teeth turned inside out. That's bitter. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Stuff will turn you inside out. Verse 33, their wine is the poison of dragons. Poison of dragons. And the cruel venom of asps. It is not the, does that sound like a good picture? Well, wine will do you good every now and then. Their wine. The bad stuff. Is not this laid up in store with me and sealed up among my treasures? Verse 35, he says, To me belongeth vengeance and recompense. That's my job, God says. You ain't supposed to go out and seek for vengeance. That's mine. And then look what he says. Their foot shall slide in due time. Their foot shall slide in due time. For the day of their calamity is at hand, and the things that shall come upon them make haste. These people don't even know it. They think they're fine. They think the path they're walking is safe. But what they're about to do is either hit a banana, peel, or a patch of ice. You ever been driving down a road and hit that patch of ice? Oh, you thought you was all right. <laughs> and then about the time that rear end started coming, you're looking over there and you're Tailgate sticking out the right side of the window. Yeah. That seat gets kind of tight. And you know you done lost control. It happened so fast. And I was thinking about that, just, just things that happen so fast. We've been deceived into thinking we got plenty of time. Even coming in this morning, how many of you, you done looked at your watch, you done looked at your phone, and see what time it is? You already wondered about what's for lunch? What's for dinner? You worried about things that's coming up this week, things that's coming up this month, the ACC tournament or whatever it is, the football game tonight. It, but it don't have to be about sports. It could be about work. I, I'm telling you, my thing is, I, I have a hard time sleeping because I get about four hours sleep and I, I wake up. You know why? Because I got stuff at work on my brain. Ridiculous. I hate to admit it, but I think I'm going to have to dope myself up just to get a good night's sleep every now and then. I remember when I went out for my gallbladder, I, I woke up and I told Kim, I said, man, come put me back under. That was the best sleep I'd ever had. Peaceful. That's a shame. You know what? As Christians, we shouldn't be like that. We should be sleeping good. We don't need these dilematic beds and pillow soft pillows and uh, fluffy things and heating pads and all that. Man, we should be good to go. But I know our body is our body, is it not? And we wear out. But man, I'm telling you, we, we, we get so focused on this stuff around the clock and around time. And we think we can control that stuff, don't we? I mean, we even have classes on time management. What a joke that is. We think we hit that stopwatch that everything stops. No, we stop. Everything else just keeps on going. Everything keeps on going. But that verse 28 there, when it says, For they is a nation, for they are a nation void of counsel, 
They won't listen to understanding. They won't listen to what Moses had told them. They ain't going to listen to what Joshua's going to tell them. They're not going to listen to what God's telling them. And then it says that uh, it, neither is there any understanding in them. He's not calling them stupid. No. He's telling them they don't want to know. They don't want to follow through. They want to do their own thing. So then he says in verse uh, 29, oh, that they were wise, that they understood this, that they would consider their latter end. And that's what we're going to have to do today. We're going to have to think about what could have been the other end. And listen, this deals with sinners as much as it does saints this morning. There's a message here for all of us if we listen to it. All right, so uh, let's pray about this and, and get into this and talk about it a little bit this morning. All right, our great Son Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be here this morning. We thank you for uh, the word of God that you give us, Lord. We thank you for the Holy Spirit, Lord, that can take that word and put it in our heart. And Lord, help us to dwell on it. They can open our eyes up into the true understanding of it. What it may mean for one may be something totally different to somebody else. But that's how the Holy Spirit works, Lord, that you can speak to our hearts. And Lord, we ask you this morning, Lord, that you would speak to us. Lord, that you would show us what we can gain from this. Some insight into something that we need to address. Something, Lord, that, that may have been so far out of our mind that we don't even realize it. Lord, recall it to our remembrance. Help us to deal with it. Or help us to work on it, Lord, this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So, one of the best tools that Satan has here this morning is time. What I mean by that is every time we face with something we need to deal with, God uh, Satan tell you, don't, oh, don't worry about it, deal with it tonight. How many times have you fell for that? Keep hitting that button, sorry. I've done that. I'm busy, I'll deal with it tonight. Well, what usually happens when tonight comes around? You don't forgot about it. You know why? Because once he got his foot in the door, he kept working on that thing and working on the thing. And he'll pile something else in there. You got to take the garbage out. You got to fix that corner of this. You got that door squeaking over there. You got to get, you got to scream your child down there. You got to go to answer that phone. Where's that letter from? Who's calling you? And you're going like a tennis match. <laughs> Ain't that right? Same or sinner alike. That's the same thing. He get us caught up in our world and trying to get a hold of this time. You can't control it. Can't control it. So I'm going to turn to two, place, two places in the Bible and show you the difference it'll have in the saint and the sinner. We're going to deal with the sinner first. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. That's past the gospel. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, Corinthians. You hit Revelation, you're going too far. <laughs> 1 Corinthians. There's two of them. You know what that means? They didn't get it the first time. You know what? We don't either, usually. 1 Corinthians 10. <clears throat> now, we're, what we're going to see here is Satan wants to use time to destroy the sinner. He's out to destroy the sinner. And a sinner, this morning, he don't even realize it, does he? He don't even realize it. Look here, verse 1. We're going to look at their advantages. Now this is, a, he, he's writing here about Israel, but we can apply this to a sinner this morning. 
Verse 1 through 4. Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant how that who? All our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. That's everybody. Everybody was together. Look at verse 2. And we're all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea and did all eat the same spiritual meat. God didn't just bless this family over here. God blessed them as a what? Nation. God blessed them all. Whether they walked perfect or whether they slipped and slid or whether they were just outright thugs. You know there's one them around. <laughs> Verse 4. And did all drink the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. And that rock was Christ. They all had the same opportunity. They all experienced the same blessing. You know what? That's America today. We've all experienced the same blessing. What a land of bounty we have. I mean, there's fields growing stuff everywhere. There's not a plant probably in the world that can't grow right here in this fertile soil. We have peace today because of what took place 20, 30, 50, 80, 100, 200 years ago. All our forefathers fought them fights to give us peace, to give us freedom today so that we wouldn't have to deal with it. Now we are to keep the peace. All right? We have to defend our freedom. But we've forgotten that stuff. We've forgotten what it costs them. We've forgotten what it's importance. Now, uh, verse 2 here and verse 3. When you go back and you look at that, they were baptized under the Moses and cloud in the sea and all did to eat the same spiritual meat. Now you notice it says meat there? God wasn't just barely keeping them alive. God was fattening them up. How many of you living off of beans and, and water and bread? How many of you can go to the grocery store and you get frustrated because they ain't got your kind of black eyed peas? How many of you are mad because they ain't got your specific kind of Mountain Dew? We run through that this week. That, that one is, uh, what is that? It's, what is it, Dalton? Spark what? Zero. Yeah, zero. No sugar. Looking forward everywhere. Can't find Hundreds of choices. <laughs> that's the one you want. That, that's what we are, ain't it? That's the way we are. Saint and sinner alike. We've all been blessed the same way. And in verse 4 there. <clears throat> verse 4 says, We did all drink the same spiritual drink, for they all drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Hey, down through the years, you remember people would just go to church out of respect. I've heard Bud say right here, you remember them lightning storms when he was a kid, his mama tells him, y'all sit down on the floor. God's busy doing his work. People had respect and reverence for God and authority. And what are they doing now? They flushed it down the toilet. It's, it's finally coming around in places like Seattle. They're like, what in the world has happened? They're waking up now. Talk about woke. They're getting woke. <laughs> yeah. 
they're realizing what happened. Where is that respect? Time has gone by and nothing's happened, so they think, big deal. It ain't real. I ain't got to worry about it. Satan says, God should have done something surely by now. How many times have people stood in this pulpit and said, surely God can't let this thing go on for much more. But he has. I've heard, I've heard that line for probably as long as I've been alive. 50 plus years. People have been preaching that. God can't let this thing go on much longer. Because we're, we're tick, 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 tick. Time's gone by. Ain't nothing happened yet. Why should it happen now? We're deceiving ourselves. Satan's deceiving you. God work on your heart. He says today is the day of salvation. And he says just worry about tonight. We got two services. We're going to be back tonight. Don't worry about this morning. You got stuff you got to do today. You got to get home and get that pot roast in the stove. You got to go home and put that icing on that cake. Don't worry about it. Deal with it tonight. And what do we do? Set it on the shelf. And what happens? You come back tonight, you don't even remember that. You don't even remember that. And look at what he says in the following verses here. They're apostasy in verses 5 through 10. But with many of them God was not well pleased. For they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things were our examples to the intent we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Neither be ye idolaters, as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. That ain't hide and seek. Need I say more? All right. Has a sexual reference there. Number eight. Verse eight. Neither let us commit fornication, as some of them committed and fell in one day, three and 20, 23,000 people. Think about that. 23,000 people. Neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. We just talked about that. Look and live. That's that reference to that story. Verse 10. Neither murmur ye. Oh, we good at that, ain't we? Man, I'm going to stand here and I'm going to admit to you I am a champion murmur. My wife will tell you, I, I'm good at it. I like complaining. She has to reel me in. She got a big old rod over her going to reel me in. Thank God for her. That's what, you know what? That's why you're here this morning. You might be going through something like that. And you're in danger of murmuring to the point that you cross that line. But you come by someone and say, you know, something happened to me the other day. And they don't even know what you're going through. And they say something, you hear that, and it helps you. Draws you back in. Or maybe they do know. And they, hey, listen, I'm praying for you. I'm here to help you out. Deal with that thing now. Draws you back in. Before you reach this point, they did. Uh, Neither murmur ye as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Destroyed of the destroyer. Look, in verse 6, they showed indulgence. Verse 7, idolatry. Verse 8, immorality. Verse 9, immaturity. Verse 10, ingratitude. 
And you know what we could almost do, go down through that? We could go down through the decades in America and show the exact representation of how that all played out up to today. Ingratitude. We are some of the most unthankful people I have ever seen. And we've got more than anybody else. we got so much to be thankful for this morning. Especially, I know most of us in here this morning are saved, but there's a lot of them in here probably they ain't. They think they are, but they ain't because they got wrapped up around this and Satan's deceived them. Listen, if you're sitting here this morning, look at how much we got to be thankful for. Are we not sitting here? You didn't have to be wheeled in on a bed. Did you drive here this morning? I said, Mama and Brenda was back there this morning. They switched around the drive. See, when one of them gets a ticket, they do that. They switch the driver's license so they don't get caught. They get... <laughs> I don't know how many driver's licenses we've got. <laughs> but is that not true? We have so much to be thankful for, but yet we like to hack out on things. Right. Man, I'm telling you what, I'm sick and tired of that. What is that sound in my car? <laughs> what is that? It's driving me crazy. Wheels are rolling, ain't it? I was coming home Friday morning. I seen a car on the side of the road. The drive shaft had dropped out of that thing. And I was thinking, Lord, if that thing would have caught in the paper. What do you think would have happened? Flipped right over. Then people probably don't even have a clue what they have to be thankful for. But listen, what about if you're saved this morning? What do you got to be thankful of? Think about where you were. Maybe you was an all right person. On the outside, but in inside, the Bible tells you, hey, you was just as filthy as everybody else. You're born a sinner. We all are. Ain't no difference there. And that same blood that saves one, that's the, the most wretched and vile person, is the one that saves the same person that think they've been living clean and living right. Same blood. God had to send his son. And he volunteered to come and die for you this morning. That's the love he had for you. I think about the, the, these people that think, well, you know, I've been in church my whole life. It ain't good enough. My mom's a member down there. That ain't good enough. I put my money in the plate. That ain't good enough. I've been helping out and, and in this program. and, and do, That ain't good enough. If it was good enough, why do you think God would have to send his only begotten son to come and die for you. That ought to make you realize there's something special about this. There's something serious about it. Something real critically important about that whole point there. Why do you have to die? Why do you have to come? And why do you have to shed that blood? All through the exodus. Look at all that blood they shed out there, all them animals. You think not that, and listen, uh, on the day of atonement they had to get that lamb that was perfect. No spot, no blemish, and shed that blood for that sacrifice that day. How many years was that? How many years since then? All them animals they had to kill and shed that blood, shed that blood, shed that blood, shed that blood. And it wasn't good enough? What makes you think what you're doing is good enough? We, man, I'm telling you. We have become so spoiled that we think that what we're doing, we convinced ourselves of that. So that's how he deals here with these uh, sinners, indulgence, idolatry. 
And I think, you know, when, when you think about that idolatry, I always go back and I, look, I think about Andy Griffith. Remember at the end of the show or sometime during the show, they'd always sit on that porch. Andy's out there plucking the guitar. Aunt B's sitting there stealing the gospel from his hand. Or worrying about something. And Opie over there, he's just playing. Not a word in the world. Not a word in the world. We got dishwasher. We got cell phones. We got automatic washing machines. Automatic dryers. Smart houses, smart phones, smart cars. What happened to the smart people? What happened to the smart people? If we got all these devices doing all this stuff for us, ain't it kind of backwards? We should have more and more time. And yet we have less and less time. Back then, the father, the patriarch, the master of the house, went to a job. Work a job and come home. The mother was in charge of the house. And boy, don't you dare step in there in them dirty boots. <laughs> what was wrong with that? There ain't no belittling the job that the lady had. And there ain't no elevating the job that the man had. They worked together. They worked together. That was the home. That's how God established that thing. You got a problem with it right here in the left. But you know why he did it that way? Because he knew it worked. <laughs> right, yeah. Have we not proved it by now? I mean, this thing's falling apart. In a hurt. Quick, yeah. And look at their apathy here, verse 11 and 12. Now all these things happen unto them for examples, and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed, lest he fall. And that's the problem right there. We think we're okay. We think we got plenty of time. We think that path we're walking, it's all right. It might be getting narrow, but it's still a path. I'm on my way. We don't see that patch of ice out there. Let me tell you, I remember, what was that? Several years ago, five or six years, we went on a mountain trip, and we was up in this crooked mountain. Some of the things, they scared me. There was a hairpin turn. Remember that ice was on that thing? And a car got stuck, couldn't get up the hill. And we're standing there, we're helping that guy. And, I, and I'm standing there behind that car. Next thing I know, I'm looking up at the sky. And the kids look at me going, are you all right? I done slipped and fell. And I, I did. I, I heard my head when I cracked the pavement. <laughs> I mean, it went boing. <laughs> it was a ripe watermelon. Anyway, it happened so fast. I didn't even have time to react. It just, boom, and it was done. That's how fast this stuff happens. I mentioned to people in Turkey, what about these people driving up and down the road? Listen, we have a lot of faith in the people we work right around with on that highway. And you think, well, I don't trust them too much. Really? How often are you looking down there at that text message on that phone? I bet Josh could give you some pretty harrowing and, and exciting or scary examples of just how long between you looking down and you looking back up and your reaction time, you'd be shocked. Especially those of you with the lead in your foot. And you ain't about to let that person in the left lane get ahead of you. You're going to blow out one of them eight cylinders before you let that happen. That thing's like, ah, 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 and it's bad. You're like... Breaking the oars out. 
And all in the and that phone goes ding, and you're like, look, oh, where's that? Where's that? Pull that thing out and see what it is. It's junk mail. I'm telling you, these things happen so fast, you don't have time to react. We've convinced ourselves, well, when it happens, I'll fix it. When, when it gets close, how do you know when it's close? Hey, the Lord could be with that one foot sticking out right now, getting ready to blow that trunk. Sound this thing, sky cracks wide open, we out of here. All right, well, we spent a lot of time on that. Let's look at 1 Peter. This is about the, Satan wants to use time to deceive the saint. 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5. You got Timothy, you got Hebrews, you got James. Then you got Peter. Again, get the revelation going too far. 1 Peter 5. This is what he says here, verse 6 through 9. Humble yourselves. Well, we could just stop right there. What have I just been saying? We, we think too highly of ourselves. Humble yourselves. Therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Well, look at that. In due time. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Be sober, be, be vigilant. That sounds pretty good. Why should we do that? Look at it. It says, because. Because why? Your adversary. Who's your adversary? The devil. What does he want to do? As a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. That word devour wrote down somewhere. Hold on. Ah. It's the Greek word katapino. K-A-T-A-P-I-N-O. Okay, so much. Katapino. It means to drink down, to gulp entirely. You ever come in so thirsty? You got that bottle of, I don't know what it is in there, but you just, you oh, that's what you're looking for. And you just lay that thing back and you drink it. Maybe it is what? Run down both sides of your mouth, all get down your shirt. When you get done, you just go, ah. They used to have commercials do that. Remember that? The ah effect. That's what it says Satan's wanting to do to you. He's wanting to, to destroy you to the point that he'll suck you down and goes, ah. And you think, what does that sound like? I'll tell you what, Luke 22. It says there that the disciples were all arguing over who was the biggest, who was the baddest, who was going to get the most honor. And they're all bickering amongst each other. Jesus sitting over there on the corner. And he's listening to them. Yeah, they're going on and on and on and on. And he goes, Peter. Peter. Simon. Simon. And he finally gets his attention. And he looks over there. Yes, yes, Lord. He knows what's getting ready to come. Daryl's the man. <laughs> That's what he wants to hear. You know what Jesus tells him? He said, listen, he said, Satan has desired to have you and wants to seek you like we. Look at the look on his face. Peter's like, did he not? Satan's looking for you this morning. He's wanting to sift you like wheat. He wants to destroy your life. Young person, middle-aged person, old person, we're all in danger of it. He is our enemy. 
and he don't come at you full force and you're walking out, especially you've been sitting here this morning or maybe uh, you heard a message uh, this past week and you come out and you're like, yeah, that felt great. Thank you, Lord, for that encouragement. Satan will come out in front of you with blaring horns and trumpets because you're going to see it coming. That ain't how he works. You know what he does? He comes sliding in behind you over there. Don't he? He comes sliding in behind you. He sits up on his chair. Hey, psst. Hey, psst. <laughs> Listen, I've got weekend duty. That, that means I'm on call. Anything goes wrong at work, they call me. We got this guy. He's a Philadelphia Eagles fan that's the guard up there today. I was up there yesterday. You know what? I don't never get a call up there. Guess how many calls I got this morning? Three. Three calls this morning. Hey, man. Uh, one of these trucks out here has got the flashing light. I don't care. Let the battery die. And here's the good one. We got an alarm on the building. And they didn't tell you how loud that thing is. It's set up right down at the front office. And it blares across the dock. Now, thank you for that. You can't stand under it in here. That thing's loud. This guy calls me on the phone standing under the thing at 630 this morning. Hey, beep, the beep. <laughs> the alarm's going off. And I'm like, okay, I hear it. And he goes, what'd you say? And I'm like, all right, what's wrong? And, and he said, what did you say? And I'm like, he couldn't. You know, I was like, man, come on, get out from under it so I can talk to you. Oh, he about made me mad. Where are you going? <laughs> Time. Time. We like to think we got plenty of it. We don't have none of it. We don't have no control. Bible tells us today is the day of salvation. Today. We got to deal with this thing. If you're lost this morning, Satan may have deceived you into thinking you got plenty of time. Look at the world around you. Man, the hammer could fall at any time. All the preachers have been saying, hey, God can't let this thing. You know what? He can't. Because the wages of sin is death. That's a fact. There's coming a judgment day. We just like to think that because we're so holy and better than they are, they deserve punishment right now. What if that had been before you got saved? Here you go. Even after you saved, you still deserve it. You still deserve it. The only difference is the blood of Jesus Christ has been applied to you. That's the only difference. His long suffering. I'm telling you, the Lord looks out for us so much. So much. Takes care of us so much. I got one other thing. Psalms 18. That's a big book. Y'all can find that real quick. Psalms 18. Right in the middle of your Bible. read this and I thought, man, this is a perfect picture right here of how we need to approach this thing, how we need to be looking at God. Psalms 18, verse 1. I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. Man, is that great? He goes on, he says, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust. That's what we need to be trusting. Trust in the Lord with all thy might. It goes on, my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. 
so shall I be saved from mine enemies. Who are those enemies? Whatever your enemies are. It's Satan. It's the devices he's using. It's the people that Satan used to try and get in your way and try and discourage you. Trying to convince you, you've got more time. That's your enemy. Verse 4, the sorrows of death compassed me. And the floods of ungodly men made me afraid. The sorrows of hell compassed me about. The snares of death prevented me. This guy's in some world of hurt. You get that? There's four things there. He's getting hit from the east, from the north, from the south, and from the west. He's got nowhere to go except one place. Look what he says in verse 6. In my distress, I called. You know how he called? He looked in the one direction he could go. He looked up. He looked up. I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God. <laughs> he heard my voice. Where did he hear his voice? Out of his temple. <laughs> and my cry came before him even into his ears. There wasn't nobody coming in. Hey, Lord, we got a telegraph for you. Hey, here's a message from that bow down there. No. It said he's sitting there in his own house and he comes right into his ears. He hears our voice when we cry. What better help could you ask for this morning than a holy God who built all this stuff around us, created it all, is in control of it. He knows how fast that comet's going. He knows exactly where that star is. He named every single one of them and yet he still knows who you are, where you are, and he knows when you call. Man, that's great this morning. He knows when you call. If we just think about that a minute, it'd blow our minds. All right, I'm done. We do. This, this world's built to make us worry about our time. So much time. So little time. What can I get done? And, and if you don't, if you don't watch, think about what you've done this week. I know some of you probably been hassled and done, and you get so caught up in all that stuff you got to get done. You ain't had time. We need to think about God. We need to spend time in His Word. We need to spend time praying. That's what matters. Spiritual stuff matters. All right, you want to stand? We'll have just a moment of invitation just in case somebody needs to come and pray about this.